This is Around the Farm, the podcast about all things ag. I'm your host, Clint Chaffer, and today we're going to be talking to Cody Evans, a crop protection TDR for Bayer Crop Science about all things tribal. Let's get into it. Cody, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us here today. Well, thanks for having me. Uh, happy to be here and get to talk to you guys for a little while. Yeah. How about you introduce yourself to the listeners? Tell us uh, what are you doing? Where are you, where are you sitting at right now? Uh, give us a quick little introduction here. Yeah. So I am actually a crop protection tech development rep with Bayer Crop Science here in central Illinois. Uh, so a little bit about what we do. We go out and we get to look at small plot herbicide research. So get to look at some compounds before they get uh, entered into market. And then we get to help support compounds as they enter market, uh, as well as our field sales teams and building marketing materials there. But we get to look at these different compounds on uh, different uh, populations of resistant weeds. We get to look at uh, different soil types. And as well as we're looking at all these different crops that we're putting different traits in for herbicide tolerances. Then, you know, we get to start to see, okay, if we're stacking some of these, uh, you know, different products in with different traits, you know, what's the crop response like? Are we still keeping your yield? So a lot of that work kind of comes into my purview. I also get to work with the university academics as well for third-party research. So it's a really cool role where I get to do a lot of research, but I also get to help support our sales staff and uh, really enjoy the position I've been in. But just located here in central Illinois, where I was born and raised. So pretty lucky to be able to kind of come back into the home area. Oh, that's that, that, that's awesome, Cody. I mean, uh, how big of how big of an area do you cover then? So it's, uh, since Illinois has uh, a lot of crops grown in it, originally I was covering the whole state back uh, whenever I was working for Monsanto before Bayer bought Monsanto. And then my uh, territory kind of got cut in half with Bayer. It worked out great because the Rep that had been around before, Darren Bohan and me and him split the state. So uh, at one point in time, I had Southern Illinois. Now I'm just focusing mainly on the central portion of the state and supporting those reps there. So mainly that central third is my location now. Nice, nice. Well, hey, we are here to talk about Trivolt. So how about uh, how about you, you let us know what is Trivolt? I'm seeing it all over everywhere. What is this? Yeah, so Trivolt is a premium premix product that we're releasing, and uh, we're pretty excited about it. So if you take a product like Corvus, uh, which was kind of our go-to uh, premium product as far as a corn residual would go, uh, and that product's made up of thiancarbazone methyl as well as isoxflutol. And so what we took with Corvus and what we liked about it is that it's got HBPD inhibitor as well as an ALS inhibitor, that gives us broadleaf activity as well as grafts activity. And both of those compounds have both knockdown and residual activity. We really like those two combinations. What we had find though is after time, we didn't have enough residual out of the thiancarbazone methyl or that ALS component to really hold down graft species later on in the season. So we had find if we tried to use that product as um, you know a one pass residual application before planting, Usually on the tail end of our season, we would start to see some breaks, especially some of the larger seeded grass species or stuff that came up late, like fall panicum and barnyard grass, some of the crabgrass species as well. Uh, so we're seeing, you know, some of these later breaks happening. So what we wanted to do is build a product that had another additional uh, mode of action. And we're looking at 
including a group 15 in. So what we did with Tribal is we kept everything we like about Corvus. We've got an HBBD that's got a low use rate. We've got knockdown activity. We've got good residual. Uh, we also see what we call a recharge, and I can talk about that a little bit later on Isox Plutol. But when we add in this group 15, we get this additional uh, residual. And uh, out of you know the different group 15s we could have chose, we had a few different options that would have been good products to throw in with both isoxaflutol and dicarbazone methyl, but uh, to keep our low use rate as well as to make ourselves kind of stand out or make this product stand out a little bit more, we went with a group 15 called Flufinacet. And if you've ever heard about the compound by itself, out of the group 15s, whenever you utilize it by itself, it's, uh, it's low water solubility, so it takes a lot of water to activate it. And so when it's used by itself, usually that was the issue because it took so much water to activate we'd have a flush of weeds usually come up before it was active. Uh, but what we're seeing when we added this group 15 in with isoxaflutol and thiocarbazone methyl is we get thiocarbazone methyl and isoxaflutol doing a lot of the work up front. Uh, so when we get the initial rainfalls that activate, they'll usually be doing a lot of the upfront uh, leg work on our weed control. Then as we get more and more rainfall and as some of those other compounds are starting to wash out, the flufenicet starting to kick in. So that's where we see a lot of the benefit on these later season um, control is where we're getting efficacy on species that usually are coming up a little later in the season that we need that extra residual to get out to. So uh, it's giving us a premium uh, premixed product that's got the legs to give us the residual to keep our clean uh, fields clean throughout the season if we choose to use the product as a one-pass pre-program. Or it also works very well as a nice setup if we're wanting to keep our uh, do a two-pass program and keep our plots clean until we're coming back with that post application. So that falls in line with you know our resistance management strategies as well as you know we really push the start clean stay clean mentality. You know you go out we have a good strong residual and the best time to kill the weeds or stop them from growing is before they've emerged and we don't have to fight. Uh, you know, a taller, larger uh, weed whenever we come back for a post application. So in both of those situations, whether they're wanting uh, more time and flexibility back by utilizing just one pass uh, at planting, uh, or we can come back, we have the label out to V2 as well. So we do have some options if we do get the corn out of the ground to use the product as well. But uh, several different situations have really made the product stand out. And so far, I've been really pleased with what I've seen in the field and field trials as well. Man, that 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 is awesome. I you know I love that whole thought of of you know preventing weeds, not not killing them, right? You know, just stop them before they even come out. Mm-hmm. I think uh, any any of our products that can do that, I think you're always off to a good start at that point. So, yeah. you know, you you know, it, it was kind of neat, Cody, when you talked about your uh, your introduction. You know, to your role, I find your role fascinating on just everything that you get to to see and do. You know, even from the from the development side. I would assume uh, developing a, a you know a premix a premium premix like this um, that, that takes a lot of time effort. Talk to me about what it took to get this thing launched. Yeah, so uh, we've been looking at the product. The, the first year I was able to really work with it was around 2019, 2020, when we started to get uh, the product into kind of our purview to where we can start to do some different trial work with it. Uh, so we've really been looking at this product with our group for almost about four years now. 
But uh, that also starts back with this product had been looked at quite a bit ahead of time. And there's a few groups that kind of get to put hands on it before it reaches to us. Uh, so there's been a lot of time and work that's gone into developing the labels around the products as well as gathering all the data from field teams. Uh, a lot of what I was working on was looking at uh, different rate structures for different soil types as well as, you know, what situations is this really coming into play? Whereas having that extra group 15, that extra mode of action, uh, really giving us, uh, you know, the extra bang for our buck. And so doing a lot of that trial work, it lets us figure out, you know, how we want to rate structures, what we really trust as far as that timeline of control that we're getting. Uh, and also it gave us the opportunity to really play with the product and see for ourselves, you know, what that consistency is like. That was one thing I really liked about the product is uh, overall, just general consistency of control from year to year. Uh, usually in small plot herbicide work, you know, we'll look at about the same treatments in some years. And the big difference is the year and the environment. And sometimes you can have a product that really shines well in a wet year, maybe not so much in a dry year, and then vice versa. Uh, that was one thing that was really neat about getting to see this over multitude of years and multitude of different trial areas is it's performed very consistently, even given those different weather conditions. So uh, it's really nice. We get a nice window to look at the products and evaluate them before they come into the field. And This has been one of the ones we've been more impressed with. Well, you know, you, you you talk about a lot of these neat uh, neat things that uh, that you got to saw got to see. Uh, I think consistency of a product, of course, probably always makes uh, everybody a little relieved, right? Because uh, Mother Nature likes to likes to play a lot of different games on us from year to year. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, I was going to just mention that that consistency kind of comes out of some of those things I mentioned, right? So uh, we've got the thine carbazone methyl that's usually pretty active coming out of the gate. Uh, we also, with that isoxaflutol, it's kind of neat. Uh, isoxaflutol, when we spray it, and that used to be by itself the product called Balance. So if we had sprayed Balance by itself, we have what we call this recharge. And what it is is essentially we've sprayed the isoxaflutol, and then over time you start to have breakdown of that compound, correct? And so what we're actually seeing is that isoxaflutol will break down into a secondary metabolite called that. Uh, Isoxaflutol DKN is what we refer to that metabolite is. And so you're really getting several different herbicides because as it breaks down into a metabolite, that metabolite's also herbicidally active, but it's more water soluble. And so what will happen is we call it recharge as you get the initial activation. And let's say you have a dry period uh, and maybe some wheat starting to pop up if the isoxaflutol is not active. But then once we get another rain, Usually that metabolite's taken back up by the uh, weed species, and we get essentially a second kill on some of the stuff that beta tried to uh, emerge. So we see that on the front portion. So in a, a year that we might have a little less activation, we're seeing the uh, isox flutol kind of help out as well as the uh, thiocarbazone methyl. But then in those wetter years where we might have had our atrazine or we might have had a group 15 like esmetolachlor or outlook, that washes out a little bit faster because it's more water soluble. We would see, you know, the efficacy from those go way down near the end of the year where the flufinocet's still sticking with it and giving us control on a lot of the different species that we're having issues with on that late season. You know, I, I am I am no scientist and uh, just trying to, you know, keep up with with all of the different uh, you know all the different types of, of chemicals here, you know, is probably hard enough, but I, I feel that when you tell me that story, 
I feel like that was just like an like one of those good accidents. Like, uh, oh heck, we created something that that works twice. Look at this. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those little happy deals, and it's it's worked out to uh, it's worked out to be a pretty nice little thing that sets that compound aside from others uh, as an HBPD. But uh, I've really liked it for the fact that it gives us kind of that second round to catch things. Uh, and everything's working together with this product. So that was what I really liked about it. Uh, some other products out in the marketplace will claim, you know, we've got uh, multiple active ingredients, uh, multiple modes of action, but sometimes they'll have a lot of different active ingredients that might be in the same mode of action. So multiple HPPDs or multiple group 15s. Uh, and here, if we utilize Trivolt, which has three different active ingredients, and so you've got three different mode of actions that, are all unique and all effective. Uh, and we also get to add in, usually atrazine is another add-in we like to put in with a lot of these uh, HBPD products, just because usually it's cheap enough and it, we get to see enough synergy between HBPDs and atrazine that it always helps out. Uh, so if we do include atrazine, you've got four different modes of action there. Uh, so that resistance management piece comes into play as well. So I liked all those portions. I like the consistency. I also enjoy the fact that it's a very low-use product. Uh, whenever we've got some of these other products that we utilize, an esmetolachlor or acetochlor as a group 15, usually the use rates in those get closer to you know several quarts. Uh, the use rate on this product goes from 12 to 14 ounces for a two-pass setup up to 18 to 20 ounces for our one-pass pre-programs. Uh, and so you think about that, it's pretty low use rate. You don't have to pack around a lot of products. So that comes into play as well. Uh, tank mix compatibility has been very nice as well from what we've uh, been able to look at. You know, I, it's, it's one thing to see how this all, you know, performs in, uh, in different trials and, and over the course of development. Cody, what's been your experience with, with how farmers are seeing this out in real, real life situations? Yeah. And so we've done a lot of grower experience trials in the last year, uh, and that worked out really neat. We had a lot of pictures come in from the field of, you know, they wanted to see the proof of it, and they got to see it. Uh, we had really consistent control across a lot of different areas. Uh, we've made an effort to go out and take uh, video. Uh, we'll take time-lapse videos of different treatments. That way you get an idea of, you know, whether it was a wet or a dry season and how long that control can last. Uh, and so originally when we first started kind of testing how long we can seek control, we would take several different uh, competitor brands that are also kind of the premium in the market and we were running everything. Uh, you know, let's run our top end rates at the uh, ad application or at planting. Uh, so our pre-application. And then it was essentially a racehorse to see, you know, how long is everything being held off from these different products at their max use rates. Uh, and we also stepped it down to see any differences uh, with lower rates. But that was a really cool showing of we get to see where some of the other products, either out of consistency sake or maybe different loading of a group 15, uh, some of the products, you know, might have a little less of that group 15 in there. So you might see some grass breaks later on the season or you might see some water hemp starting to sneak through. Uh, and so that was what was really neat with this product. Whenever we were making those comparisons, it was staying very clean throughout the whole season and really extreme weed pressures. Uh, and a lot of what I'm testing is uh, 
looking at these different weed populations that are pretty extreme. <laughs> so usually it's kind of a pressure cooker situation. And so what I was finding with this product is if we wanted to use it as the one pass pre, it was giving me the consistency uh, that I was confident that guys can use this program and be successful in their own fields, as well as those two pass programs. What it was essentially doing for me is we had enough power in that pre-program that it took the pressure off the posts enough to where I didn't have to spend as much money on a post program. I could kind of back that off because I was dealing with a lot of the uh, pressure from weeds that might be up at the time of a post application that I might have with some of these other systems. So uh, it's been a pretty neat product to look at uh, as far as those terms and keeping us clean up to those post applications. Well, I mean, it just sounds like there's a, a, a ton of benefits, um, you know, with this uh, with, with this product. I mean, Trivolt, I've, I've seen that time-lapse video uh, that y'all launched out in a commercial. That was absolutely fantastic to, uh, to witness that. With all these benefits, Cody, who... Who would be the 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 farmer out there that's going to benefit most for 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 switching over to this product? Yeah, so uh, I've talked to a lot of guys about you know the best way to manage this, the best way to put it to work on their uh, acres. And so the first thing I kind of ask them is you know what is your weed management strategy? Are you wanting to make uh, you know a one pass application uh, for pre, or are we wanting a two pass application to where we make a pre and then a, a later post around V four V five? Uh, or we want to do something where we call it a row and go, where it's more or less just a one pass uh, post application closer to around V2 corner. So, uh, so I asked the guys that uh, two of those situations, I think this product fits really well in. And that would be either that one pass situation where you want to put out a really premium product up front at a high enough rate to hold you through the season. Uh, and so that's one method of uh, we can see the control from that and, you know, I've seen guys that, eh, we don't really run much stuff post, uh, so we like to do the one trip and be done with it. This is giving us, you know, the legs on the residual to achieve, you know, that uh, level of weed control that we're really expecting out of the product. Uh, as far as the two-pass system, what I've seen for that is growers that maybe are going into uh, seed production or we have areas that maybe we can't utilize glyphosate post. Uh, these are also situations where I would lean on this product pretty heavily because utilizing glyphosate posts usually is a, a play on some grass control or in areas that maybe we couldn't use glyphosate. We didn't have the trait. Uh, and some of the other areas will run into really heavy crabgrass pressures coming into some of the seed corn production areas. So this is where I see that product helping out quite a bit there because it's taking the pressure off of needing glyphosate or taking the pressure off the ALS's post because we're essentially controlling those weeds out to that point. Uh, and then just guys that are wanting that full consistency, you know, our growers that are more of that high yield management, uh, they want to be able to go out and not deal with any weed pressure. Uh, anytime, you know, that we have any weeds starting to break, you know, those are starting to rob yield, take nutrients from the crop that we're wanting the crop to have. So uh, anytime that we're getting the full control and that consistency, it's helping guys out across the board. But in the certain situations, I think it helps the most. Definitely any times that we're dealing with troublesome grass species or, you know, if we've got water hemp problems, uh, this is a product that would really go to work for you on those, as well as, you know, we've got control across the whole board. You've got an active ingredient there that helps uh, both on the grasses. Uh, we have active ingredients that are working on small seeded broadleaves as well as large seeded. So 
all around, it's just a very well-built product uh, that it, it kind of hit the nail on the head on several different uh, issues that we we're trying to deal with as far as weed control in the field. So I've uh, been pretty happy with that. Well, I, I would assume another another important piece would probably be the uh, the location, right, of uh, of where we're farming at. Uh, and I know there's always, uh, you know, between labels and things of that nature. Where, where where can farmers get this? Is this across the across the U.S. or where are we uh, where are we looking at? Yeah, across the Midwest, we've got uh, pretty good stock. It sounds like through sale as far as you know, having supply there, we're really ramped up. Uh, there should be certain counties uh, uh, up north where if you're starting to get into more of a sandier area, uh, that's usually where we start to watch use of products that contain isox plutol. So uh, if you're in some of those areas, if you haven't been able to utilize a balance or Corvus product, you likely won't be able to utilize tribal. But across uh, a wide amount of the Midwest, we'll have this product available. Uh, and especially for any of our large corn growing areas, I think this would be product that'll fit really nicely in a lot of guys' programs. Sorry, I was also going to cover, uh, you know, I did talk about those two different programs of making it either a one-pass pre or a two-pass program. We do have labeling out to V2, so we can utilize the product out to V2, so after the corn does merge. Uh, but one thing that I kind of push back on guys, if they want to utilize the product in that manner, once we do have corn up out of the ground, we got to watch uh, what we add in with the product, because uh, in this product, we have a safener called cypressulfamide, and works really well to eliminate any response that we might see out of some of the HBBD inhibitors uh, that might make it into the plant too fast and cause a bleaching. Uh, what we can see if we get into a post application and we throw in, you know, a bunch of different crop oils or uh, things like Roundup that might move the, uh, uh, move the trivold into the plant too fast for the safener to work then that's when we could see some crop response. So uh, when we move into a post application, it limits what we can throw into the tank with it. So I think we've got other programs that fit that grow and go a little bit better. Uh, so for any of the growers that I'm talking to, I really like it as a pre-product that's setting us up for either easing a post application or giving us the legs to do a full shot up front and keep us clean throughout the season. So that's really my placement with the product so far. Nice. Well, I know uh, another place to, to you know to to talk and and interact with farmers is uh, Commodity Classic, and this year uh, it was in a really fun spot in uh, in Orlando. And I believe uh, Cody, you were down there uh, talking to some folks. Uh, you guys had a great setup, uh, this neat little canopy that you kind of walk through with a bunch of TVs. Um, what what was the what was the response from everybody? What what, what kind of excitements out there? A lot of interest. Uh, so. Guys who want that consistency, they also understand that, you know, putting anything out there that helps take the pressure off these post systems is pretty important, uh, especially when we're running into populations of water imp that's got multiple resistances. Uh, and we're also starting to see some grass species that are tougher to control in some of these situations. Having a product that's kind of touching all those bases uh, was pretty exciting for those guys getting to go out and see uh, it proved out on the fields, uh, and a lot of those testimonial photos helps a lot as well. But mainly it was, you know, how am I going to make this product work for us? And they're excited about, you know, something new coming into the marketplace that gives them a little bit more flexibility as far as that application timing on a post. Uh, so a lot of excitement around that. Guys understand that we've got a limited amount of tools in the toolbox, and 
Uh, we've got to do what we can to protect those. One of those methodologies is utilizing product with multiple modes of action. So we can kind of take the pressure off any single uh, active ingredient. So everybody really is on board with the product. Pretty excited to be able to utilize it and uh, a lot of good feedback while I was there. And that is that is great to hear. Is is this a is this an opportunity for a farmer that wants to try this out to maybe uh, run out there and and run some uh, you know different applications? Maybe collect that data in uh, in field view to do some side by sides or things of that nature. Some opportunity to maybe uh, check some of that out in the field. Yeah, and so that's one of the cool things about field view, right? Uh, we can utilize it so many different ways. Uh, whether guys are doing their own on-farm on testing with different hybrids or looking at you know different fertility within the field. Another method to uh, utilize the program for is if you were running different weed management programs, you can also get an idea of if something wasn't working on another program, you'd be able to see some plant health uh, probably go down within that. You'd probably see yield hit. Uh, so if a guy was wanting to look at different programs, utilizing field view would be also, another way to gain, uh, gain some data on whether that was helping out enough to help pay for itself or if something was failing, how much that did cost you in the end. And you'd be able to figure out, uh, you know, is it worth, you know, the extra cost for a premium product over one that might fail you in the year? And then you might have a yield loss off of it. So uh, those are different ways. I think I'd put it to use there. It's more or less just turning your own farm into your own testing site, getting an idea of what's working the best for you. So. That's where I've really found uh, a lot of cool flexibility and utility out of utilizing climate field views. Essentially, you get to do a lot of your own testing that you might not have been able to collect that data before. So it's a really good way to record whether something's working for you or not. So Cody, I mean, really exciting. I mean, this is a, this is a fascinating product. I mean, how can farmers get started using Trival on their crops? I mean, what's, the, what's kind of the first step they need to take? Yeah. So for that, I'd also go back to, you know, what's that management plan that you uh, want to go with? Are we doing the multiple application? Are we doing the single one up front? You know, what is my weed pressure? Um, things like that come into play as far as where we want to place the product at. Uh, mainly uh, when we come into, if we've got a situation where we really want to control, you know, weeds later out, we want to take the pressure off those post systems. Uh, that's where I would start to look at putting this product in. Uh, we've got a very wide availability, uh, and so supply is there. It's a low-use product, too, to be able to get out. But I would mainly focus on, you know, one, what's the weed troubles I've got in that field? Is it is it strong enough to where I need that premium product, too? Uh, and if it's one of those situations to where we really want to uh, be able to have something out there that we know isn't going to fail on us, that's where I've been relying on that product. So. That's been kind of my steps into uh, getting it onto the field with guys. Well, now we get to go into the into the question area here, Cody. That uh, that I always like having fun with, and this is just completely, you know, nothing to do with Trivold. I just just more about Cody here. So so we're gonna jump into this. So how about first off, we always like to talk about cab snacks on this podcast, <laughs> and uh, what I you know what I've always found out is either uh, either you're either on the sugar sugar side or the or the salt side. So uh, I'm anxious to get your answer. What's your favorite cab snack to take out in the field with you? Well, I, that's an excellent question. Um, so if you ask my kids, they know that I love anything really sour. So usually they bring me sour patch kids, but. I've really gone on to the uh, 
the salted sunflower seeds. That's you said oh. sweet or salty. I usually go with those because they're more or less hands free and. I'm usually pretty greasy that time of year. So it's kind of <laughs> nice to have that around with you. Absolutely, I, 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 will back up that. Uh, I love, uh, love a sack of sunflower seeds riding in the tractor with me for sure. That's so, hard to beat. <laughs> yeah. How about uh, let's jump into a little this or that, and uh, so I give you two things. You got to choose between one or the other here. So how about auger wagon or green cart? Oh, that's an interesting uh, question between the two. I, I guess like the auger wagon a little bit more, oh! a little bit more maneuverable. <laughs> yeah, that's what we're talking. Drop the confetti, hit the bells, auger wagon for the win. For the win, definitely. There we go. I, I tell you what, Cody, I have a lot of, I'm an auger wagon guy. So like, I I can't hardly find anybody. Everybody says green card. So there we go. How about, uh, how about Apple or Android? Oh, definitely got to go on the Android side for the phone and computers. Uh, yeah, I, I, I was one of those people that didn't have a Mac for quite a long time, and I, I'm starting to kind of get that way on the phones, but, but we'll see what time does. But uh, it was funny when you brought up the uh, oh um, auger cart versus uh, auger wagon uh, conversation, too, though. It, it, I grew up on a pretty large family. I had three older brothers and an older sister. I was the youngest out of that whole crew. So it was always, it was always auger carter, uh, or grain carter, auger wagon. It was never really running the combine at the home farm until, uh, got to do some research and work with the universities and finally got to run plot combines. So it was one of those on our farms. Understand, understand. But an Android man, I tell you, what, I can't find any Apple folks. Uh, I, I keep, that's, I'm getting just as bad on that as I was on Argo Wagon there for a while. So, how about tea or coffee? Uh, definitely a coffee guy, but sweet tea hits the spot on a certain day. There we go. There we go. And the important one, how about spring or fall? Oh, definitely a spring guy. Um, always been a huge fan of turkey hunting. Might not be the best turkey hunter, but sometimes <laughs> I just like to go up and listen to them. Between that and planning, I think everybody's ready for a nice, uh, nice warm weather after winter. So it's always been a type of season that I really enjoy. <laughs> 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 nah, I, I tell you what, it uh, it's always nice, you know, rolling out of winter and uh, you just start smelling spring in the air, you know, and uh, I don't know about uh, about your neck of the woods, but I know uh, guys up here are starting to starting to get that planter itch and and uh, a lot of things are starting to get worked on, right? Getting getting prepared. So, yep, starting to go through units and about the time that mushroom season starts around here, we get pretty <laughs> excited. So that, that's also another reason I love spring is morel mushrooms start to pop back out well cody man i i just appreciate you taking time out of your busy day to to, to jump on the show here and uh, have this conversation i mean everything i've heard about tribal and everything that you've told us here today it just sounds like a absolute exciting product here and uh i'm i'm excited for you guys to 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 take this and uh and run with it well thank you very much no we're uh looking forward to guys having good experiences with the product and glad to have something new out on the market but hopefully a lot more to come down the line all right well hey good luck this spring and uh we'll we'll see you around all right thank you guys very much we'll catch you later hey a big thanks to cody for joining us here today on around the farm that was a great conversation and thanks to you the listener and if you like this podcast be sure to hit that like button subscribe and share it with a friend or two as well and as always, Around the Farm is brought to you by Climate Field View, and we can be found wherever you find your podcast at. 
And until next time, we'll see you around the farm.